Hi guys, this is a really quick message from Editing Lucy here. Unfortunately, this episode we had to record on Zoom again um, because Alex moved to Glasgow, was extremely busy and we couldn't meet up and record socially distanced, of course. So there is a bit of audio feedback. Um, I think there's a bit of an echo with my audio. Um, I want to apologise, but ask that you bear with us. Um, we should be back to recording in person as soon as possible, but just bear with us this episode with the audio and... I hope you enjoy the episode regardless. Thanks. Hello. Hello. Hi, is that Alex Carter? Yeah, um, I'm just calling about that ad that you put up. Oh, for a Bulgarian wife? Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Oh, you I said think discreet. you've got a discreet Bulgarian. You've passed the test. Congratulations. You are now my wife. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I'm the Bulgarian wife. <laughs> well, why else are you calling? I fear there's been a mix-up. All right. Well, thank you anyway. Should we just spontaneously start a podcast and do an episode of it right now? Wait. Yes, yes, a million times yes. Just while I've got you on the line, I feel like that's an opportunity that God's given us. Should we just do it? I feel like our back and forth is impeccable, our chemistry is undeniable, and we're both in a place in our lives where this needs to happen. Well, welcome to Dead talk a true crime oh. comedy podcast i do with my best friend what's up That's me i'm that my is best friend and my soon-to-be bulgarian wife well welcome back everyone um welcome. me and alex listen i shed a tear she has up and left went to glasgow mm-hmm. you're starting a new chapter of your life how do you feel about it correct entirely overwhelmed yeah 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 crushingly anxious yes i'm like Wow. So now I gotta pay for shit. Hmm. Mm. Nice joke. Yeah, that's fun. It's not. No, um, that was a joke and it terrifies me every day. I wake up in cold sweats thinking about rent. Welcome to episode 20. 20! <gasps> I forgot that it's 20. I totally forgot that it's episode 20. Um, I spat on my computer. Good, that's the only thing I promised you would do if we got to episode 20. So That's true. we've done everything we came to do and we will be retiring after this episode. But for now, yeah, it's my episode. And when I tell you I borderline got emotional about this story, yeah, spit your tea out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm serious. I love this story. I love this okay. person. Okay. And I spent like a considerable amount of time just doing... Obviously, as always, we do considerable amount of research, I promise. Hee <laughs> hee. Um, this time, I was genuinely so enthralled by the information about this story that I just, like, it got to a point where it was like, I'm not even doing this for the episode. I'm doing this because I'm bloody interested. You're blowing my mind right now. But just you wait. Just you wait. I hope I don't have to wait much longer. No, it's about up until right now. I'm going to start. Oh, oh, oh. Mm, still too long, but go off okay <laughs> i mean we'll fuck off so yeah we'll do today i am talking about the glamorous ominous yet tragic life of matihara sorry mataha matahari fuck off i said it wrong <laughs> yeah so today i'm talking about the glamorous but tragic life of matahari so have you heard Ooh. of this well someone put it as a suggestion correct they did they did yeah because i um story. i was thinking about doing it for ages and then somebody suggested it and i was like right this is categorically a sign from satan a sign from a sign from satan himself to do it and to enable me further um as he right. always does 
Love that. So other than the suggestion, do you know anything about this? Mm, no, I couldn't tell you one single thing. Oh, that's so exciting. You're gonna f- you are gonna categorically fucking love this. So this woman, off the basis, is a fucking feminist icon. Okay? Ooh. She is a queen among queens. So let's get straight into it. Matahari is a female female icon who changed the fate of World War One and was killed because of it. Here are the details. So she was born Margarita Gertruda Zell. Called Ooh, Yeah, you love name. that. You love that. I feel like that would have been your name in another life, but anyway. Thank you. So she was called Greta, um, and she was born on August 7th in the Netherlands, born to her father Adam Zell and her mother Anchi Zell. Wild names. Yeah, Anchi is a fun name. I like that. It's a lovely name. You hear names like that and you're like, why the fuck am I called Lucy? <laughs> because you're a white girl from Scotland. Moving on. Greta was born with striking dark features, which made her stand out a lot, as you can probably guess, from her peers in the Netherlands, especially Ah, at this time. Adam Zell, her father, he was a businessman owning a hat business, which I love. Nobody owns hat businesses anymore. (laughs) That's what's wrong with this country these days. No one owns hat businesses anymore. Do I want to get into my political views? Yes. But first and foremost... The problem with the economy is the crippling hat industry. Correct. Well, you've never said a true word. I'm glad we agree on it. So owning a hat business and making smart investments in the oil industry led to Adam Zell actually being quite successful and he was able to provide an opulent early childhood for Greta and her siblings. Okay. Including exclusive schools up until the age of 13. So Greta's out here, she's living her life, she's spoiled she's having a good time she's probably having like eggs benedict for breakfast you know what i mean like she's got money coming out her ass right enough enough (laughs) me saying enough enough back to you no enough no seriously enough historians have argued back and forth about greta's ethnicity so like i said coming from the netherlands and having really dark features people um have argued that it's believed that she could have been of Indonesian descent, and that's going to be relevant coming up later. Um, But scholars have concluded that she doesn't have any um, Indonesian descent because her parents are neither Asian or Middle Eastern. They're both Dutch. So Wait, what? (laughs) I know. I don't really... It's Basically, my point there is it's still a matter of debate because she... If you look her up, and if you're listening to this right now, there will be photos up on our social media on our instagram and our twitter and whatever our facebook of matahari she's fucking gorgeous but looking at her you're like homegirl you are not caucasian but who knows homegirl it's like me turning around to you and being like i'm mixed race i'm pretty pretty uh mixed race me pale pale girl magoo i don't think so pale girl magoo that is what your name is on my phone half northern irish half white that's me Okay, uh, Northern. Did you just say half Northern Irish, half white? Yeah, that's my ethnicity. Don't. What? What? Mm. You, you're going to tell me I'm not? And you know what I'm going to tell you? Mm. Is that my dad did a 23andMe test, and guess what? I'm part Native American. I've heard this so many times. And I'll never show. And I'm going to be one of those white people that says, I'm actually 132nd Cherokee. So. And then I sit there on the side, knowing my truth of being half Northern Irish and just shaking my head in, in shame really at me 
Yeah, at you. We're, yeah, we're a little bit Native American, a little bit North African as well. Can you believe? My fucking ass, Alex. Lucy, do you know how genes work? Like, do you know how people moved around? <laughs> I get it, I get it, I get it. I'm just saying I'm looking at you and I'm saying, nah, fair enough. You are far more, like, dark features than I am. <laughs> I literally, I take off my makeup and it's like piss holes in snow. Oh, stop it. You know it's true. On. You know, I don't like you talking about yourself like that. Lucy, Listen, Wait. it's not necessarily an insult. You just said piss holes in the snow. All I'm saying is I blend in with the drywall and that's fine. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. And I'm it's okay with that. I'm okay that when I stand behind a mattress sheet pegged up on a washing line, I don't look any different than when I stand in front of it. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, I mean, me too, to be fair. There's no, like, I'm just, oh, I'm fully white. Oh, with your brown eyes and <laughs> eyebrows. Fuck off. Anyway, before I actually end my life. In a very short space of time, Greta's life went from this luxurious childhood to plummeting dramatically. Her oh, father God. went bankrupt and her parents divorced afterwards that. Afterwards that? So, just to be, like, academic, it's a- it was afterwards that. It was afterwards that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Greta's father might have given her a lavish lifestyle as a child, but he acted quite cruelly after um, when he remarried in February of 1893 to... uh, I love this name. Susanna Katerita Tenhoof. She doesn't have nine hooves. She's got ten hooves. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been waiting to make that joke? Girl, I've been sitting on that joke for hours. (laughs) Katerina Tenhoof. That sounds Good like stage name. Kat- I was just about to say Katarita Tenhoof sounds like the saddest, saddest tale of a horse that didn't make it in ballet school. She and also it's moves. the name I use when I'm checking into hotels and I want to be discreet. <laughs> and who's this sweet book tender? Oh, it's Katarina Tenhoof. Uh, should be Katarina Tenhoof? Ah, yes. How many hooves? Tenhoof, oh, ten. Please. Ten hooves. Yep, yep. Okay, great. Penthouse sweet for a miss. Tenhoof. <laughs> I'm all right, girls. Um, Cheers. Look how big my mug is. Who's the real mug here? Me for buying this fucking mug. It's far too big, baby. Correct. Just to recap, the Greta's parents got divorced and Greta's dad remarried to Susanna Katerina Tenhoof, which we love. Um, however, shortly love after the divorce, Anchie passed away after falling ill and Oof. Greta's dad sent her and her young, younger brothers to live with various other family members, splitting the children up. So he was kind of a cunt. Yeah, I mean, that's what every parent was like back in those days. Yeah, they got a new... What, back in 1893? Yeah, what part of that is a joke? I thought, like, as in you were there. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. But, okay, again, part, what part of that is a joke? She moves to Glasgow there. and becomes an entitled prick. Hmm. I was there. You were there? Yeah. You're Katarina oh, Tenhoof, aren't you? Did someone that lives in Edinburgh call someone entitled wow wow oh so you're part of the glasgow alliance now because you're fuck oh grow up literally part of the glasgow young team <laughs> is this gonna become a a, a territory law war just you know don't sit foot here and we'll be fine oh <laughs> i can beat you half to death if i fucking wanted to are you kidding who would win the fight you or me me i know it i know it incorrect Incorrect, and I'll tell you why. I'd what I lack it. in muscle, and maybe stanima. Stanima. <laughs> Can't even say it, that's how little you have. And yeah, carry on. diction. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. What I lack in those, 
I make up for. I can. I swear to God, when I get in the moment, I will channel a chihuahua ethereal energy that will just take me to the point in which I need to perform. I think it's I'm just so, like the rage. No. You know what we should do? We should have like a Logan Paul KSI. We should have a boxing match. Yes, yes. And considering I used to do boxing, I'd enjoy that very much. Fuck off. Fuck and off. kickboxing. You are so full of shit. It pains you, me. It's not a joke. I literally okay, well, I used to do. I used to do horse riding, so... We didn't all and if you want to fight now. over who's entitled in a Tory, then let me bring my horses. <laughs> okay? Then guess and I will. what? I'll ride into battle on my horse that my daddy bought for me. Okay? Yeah, Seabiscuit. Okay, me and Seabiscuit will fuck you up. I'd like Just to, to clarify for the try. listeners at home, I don't have a horse, and I am not a Tory. This just in, my new brand of glue coming out soon after the fight with Lucy and her horse. Because I'm going to kill your horse and make it into glue, baby. Shall we move on? Before I start contacting people you don't want to know. Oh, I'm sure of it. My horse trainer. Anyway, so, (laughs) moving on, moving on, moving on. So, like I said, Greta and her younger brothers, as a result of their dad getting remarried, were distributed to different family members and Greta ended up living with her godfather called Heer Visser. He lived in what? southwest city of the Netherlands called Sneak. Enough. Can we talk about that? No more of that. Sneaky girls. It's not. And Me you know that. what makes it better? What? It's two E's. So that's so fun. Like Sneak. That is should, that's how I want it that's how I thought it would be spelled. Should we go there? I've already booked the tickets. Perfect. I will send you my passport details in an email. So, Greta felt like a burden and wanted to forage her own path in life. She didn't like staying with her godfather because she was like, listen, girl, I'm in your hair. I just want to get out and live my own life because I know that you didn't choose this. She went to school in a town called Leiden to study to become a kindergarten teacher. So, that all went tits up because the school's headmaster started to flirt and act quite inappropriately with Greta. Whether she reciprocated these feelings or not is unknown, but once word spread of this, she was completely removed from the school. And it's speculated now that she may or may not have been sexually assaulted by her headmaster. So Jesus Christ. This is this is a deep, dark time. It is a deep, dark time. But life is about to change for Greta real quick. So she went back to live with her godfather, at which this point she was old enough to marry, which, what, in 1893 is like 12 years old, probably? Correct. Um, no. That's incorrect, but, I mean, I believe it would be. I mean, no, literally, you're literally on the money. <laughs> so she had turned seven when she returned home. Um, she was ready to marry and have children. However, Greta's godfather had worries that Greta's appearance would cause her trouble in finding a suitor. So, keep in mind, a homegirl is looking so different to everyone around her, and all the girls around her. She has extremely dark, accentuated features, and she was also five foot ten, which especially for that time period was fucking gigantic yeah ginormous like that's tall anyway but like for then as well from doing this research people were like you are the bfg bitch yeah when everyone was like four foot eleven literally everyone was lady gaga five foot three is it five foot two it's five, five foot, foot two. i think it's oh shit no check that right now it's definitely five foot two let me five check it though two. let's see because it's important to this story five foot two yep fuck that bitch is small yeah i mean she's not that small how tall are you i'm five four yeah but um you know three inches means something two inches oh yeah i'm thinking of me i'm thinking of me oh i'm like i was i literally for a moment was like what no no no, sorry i was thinking about i was thinking about me because i'm five five imagine if i was like no i'm thinking about me because i'm five three (laughs) no you're not 
I know I'm not. So he had these concerns because she was tall and different looking. Um, however, he didn't need to worry because Greta did find herself a man in a very peculiar way at the age of 18. So Greta responded to an advertisement in a Dutch newspaper placed by Dutch Colonel Captain Rudolf MacLeod, who was None living of these in... Names are real. No, they are. Um, Rudolf MacLeod. Uh, you know many. Wasn't your neighbour called Rudolf MacLeod? Captain I'd Rudolf MacLeod? i not discuss. Okay. The lawsuit's still in action, so... Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll move on. So he was living in the Dutch East Indies, which is now just known as Indonesia. And okay. he, in this advertisement, she, he put in that he was looking for a wife. So, Ooh. RSVP. This ad was no. actually placed in the paper by McLeod's friends as a little practical joke. Oh, my gosh. It was a little prankster, prankster, prue-prue. Bunch of rascals, for sure. They were a bunch of rascals. Um, imagine that episode of Impractical Jokers. Hey, Sal, put in an advertisement for you looking for a fucking wife to join you in the um, Dutch East Indies. No. Well, I mean, I'd travel there if it got to mean being Sal Volcano's wife. I'm getting increasingly warm. Do you see my tomato face? I thought it was maybe just lighting. Lucy, you're, <laughs> really, you're really red if that is actually your face. Like, I'm actually no, concerned. It's not really, but... Oh, ooh. thank God, yeah, it's not. It kind okay. of is. No, don't say that. I'm kind of warm. Anyway. Take your jumper off. I mean, it's just a bra, but sure. Okay, okay. That's why I said take it off. <laughs> right? <laughs> What's by Lucy Webb's OnlyFans? It's just pictures of my toes buttering toast. <laughs> Imagine, that would be fucking grotesque. Moving on. So in the advertisement, it said that McLeod was seeking a cultured wo- cultured woman with pleasing appearance and gentle character. So, so definitely wouldn't respond to you. Yeah, thank you for pointing yeah. that out, because I was just about to say it. Greta was certainly pleasing to look at, but out of the 16 responses, she was actually the only person to respond with a picture, so I kind of feel like he didn't have a choice. So he was like, so be it. He was like, no, 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 you're the most beautiful of them all. Please come be my wife. Oh, that old chestnut. I get all no, the time. I get that all the time. Every time I respond to an advertisement of someone looking for a wife to run off to the Dutch East Indies with them, I'm just like, I've heard it all before. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I just did it for a joke. Sorry that you fell in love or whatever. I don't know. Like, I'm just like not looking joke. for anything serious right now. Like, I'm just out of a relationship and uh, I'm just out another marriage for the Dutch East Indies. And I'm kind of just like... Yeah, I just wanted to be a little bit of a goofster. A goofster gangster. Are we all? Every day of my life. So, Greta was the only person, like I said, to send a picture. Um, but she did, in fact, capture his eye. And despite the 21-year age gap, the two were in love and married soon after meeting. Oof. I mean, keep in mind she's 18. So, like, 21 years is 21 years. But <clears throat> 21 years from 18, that's... You know, some infinities are bigger than others, in the words of... That's, yeah, no, anything... When someone's 18, like, bro, you're not even, like, you're not an adult. I don't care what anyone says. You know, I'm in my ripe old age of 23. I'm like, anyone that purposely wants, like, an 18, 19-year-old, I'm like... Why? Like, I I actually can't even wrap my head around it. Like, it's so... To me. Yeah, no, totally. So, yeah, they got married and... Captain McLeod was soon stationed back into Indonesia and Greta went with him to live with him in Java, which is an island off the coast of Indonesia. Quick message from Editing Lucy. Java is not an island off the coast of Indonesia. It's an island within Indonesia. Indonesia is a collection of islands and different landmasses. 
Sorry, I'm an idiot. Thanks. So their marriage quickly veered from its honeymoon phase as MacLeod was an alcoholic and didn't approve of how accustomed Greta was becoming to the Indonesian culture. Greta okay. was mesmerised by the way of life in Java and did everything she could to try and learn from the people there and their ways. What a bitch. And MacLeod just sounds like a big fucking racist and was like, no, you're from the Netherlands, you little cunt. So although their marriage was failing due to MacLeod's drinking and jealousy of the attention that Greta was garnering from other offices, um, Greta had two children, a daughter and a son. Greta was described as escaping MacLeod's wrath by indulging and studying the local culture that she was so fascinated by in Java. Um, However, in 1899, both children, Jean and Norman, fell ill from complications relating to the treatment of syphilis. (laughs) This is not funny, but, like, they contracted it from their parents. Like, that's all right, nipper. You would feel like a cunt, wouldn't you? It's not their I'd fault. Feel. No, go on. No, imagine imagine your children are, like, extremely ill and they've got, because of complications of treatment, like, syphilis, and you're like, fuck, I fucking gave it to them. Yeah, shy one. That is a shy one. So they, they fell ill because of these complications. However, the family do claim that they were poisoned by a vengeful servant. So... There was this story going around that there was a servant that worked for them that was pissed off because MacLeod had beaten up her lover. So she was going to okay. get her damn revenge and poison those children. Had However, beaten up the servant's lover? Yes, yes, that MacLeod right. had. Captain MacLeod, our homeboy. Not um, our homeboy. Not our homeboy, no. Maybe among others, but not us. Uh, loads of sources support this idea um, because there was evidence with this... Um, rivalry or whatever but who knows all I know is she was probably kicking herself because maybe not maybe this is what she wanted Norman actually ended up passing away from these complications and Jean survived so after that they moved back to the Netherlands and the two officially separated in 1902 Greta was awarded custody of Jean and Captain McLeod was legally required to pay child support but he didn't uh, making life difficult for Greta and Jean Because he's a man. What do you expect? Jesus. During a visit to her father, MacLeod decided not to return Jean to her mother and kidnapped her, taking her away (sighs) because he was a little bastard. Mm -hmm. Greta didn't have the resources nor money to fight the situation and had to accept it. She claimed that although Captain MacLeod had been an abusive husband, he'd always been a good father, um, so she didn't fight this because she couldn't. Jean later ended up passing away at the age of 21, unfortunately, possibly due to more complications, but it's actually unknown. There's very much, very little information on her kids. The story about her, it's weird because this is all, like, early history information about her, but the fact that she had these kids is nothing to do with her actual story. Okay. So in 1903, Greta moved to Paris to support herself initially, she turned to prostitution. However, she soon found work as a horse rider in a circus. Oh, God. Tell me that's not your dream job. Are you... What? I'm not a horse person. Yeah, but I feel like in a circus, it'd be fun. Yeah, but I mean, I'd be one of those acrobats in a circus. Oh, like a trapeze one? Yeah, trapeze. How yeah, fun yeah, yeah. would that be? And I'd, I'd wear a little outfit, it'd be really cute. All right, yeah? Yeah, I would. I would, yeah. Okay. You know picturing that tonight when I go to sleep um good for extra money Greta posed as an artist model 
and it ended up finding small success as a dancer in 1905. And this is where her story begins. Okay. Culturally, it is really important to know at the time. I feel like you'll have, regardless of whether you know the story or not, I feel like you'll have information on this shit in your head. But it's important to know at this time, especially in Paris, but among Europe, it was really trendy to get into Orientalism and people being exotic, that kind of shit. Um, And as a woman with dark features, Greta was a hot commodity. So as a woman with dark features, Greta was extremely popular when she became a dancer. Um, And she got an agent and decided to run with this brand of being an exotic woman and she changed her name to Matahari. I was going to say, because when I saw a photo of her from the story, I was like, she does... Yeah, I didn't think she looked white to me. Like, no, she no, no. looked very... Of what that time period's idea idea of exotic was. Well, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it's still unknown what her exact ethnicity was, but she right. fucking coined in on that shit. And fair so enough, she sure. was like the Rita Ora of her time. Exactly, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She took the name Matahari, which in Malay means eye of the dawn so very ominous very mysterious you know the parisians would eat that shit up they love anything bohemian exactly so homegirl was an entrepreneur and she knew how to market herself okay she claimed she was javanese so from the island of java Um, she claimed that she was a hindu princess and honed her provocative dance as sacred so her whole brand was basically like you'll if you watch, basically, my, my, a big thing that I took from this research, and cast your mind back to being a child or whatever, if you watch any really old James Bond film or anything like that, like the whole idea, whether you were conscious of it or not, was amalgamating this idea of like mis- um, mysterious, like sacred tradition and like all these weird kind of uh, exotic religions then somehow nobody really knows why it's also like kind of involved in like sexuality and all this right but for the purpose of like western consumerism it's like making putting their culture across in a way that would appeal to the western market yeah totally and that's the basis of all of this so basically she created and cultivated this dance that was half sacred exotic hindu dance and then paired it with being provocative and and um, being sexual, and basically she created now what is known as the fucking striptease. Homegirl cultivated that herself. Right. I mean, very problematic. Very problematic. But in nineteen oh whatever this is, nineteen oh two, she's making that coin and she's doing it her own way. Fair enough. So, embodying all things exotic, oriental, Mata was a promiscuous, flirtatious person who flaunted her body. Um, it's widely accepted that she garnered the overnight success that she had after her debut act at the Musée Gumet, which is an art gallery but was then also a theatre in Paris. Greta became a longtime mistress of the millionaire Emel Gumet, who owned that theatre. He was a industrialist and kind of arts connoisseur in Paris and something really interesting that I kind of I kind of went on a tangent looking up him after this was that he as this big industrialist of Paris 
and France in general. He himself was actually commissioned by the Minister of Public Instruction to study the religions of the Far East. So to me, that's like completely appropriating Mata as a person. That's what as a person? Appropriating her. Like, she was just this like object of mystery in the Far East. Right. Get me? Even though she goddamn wasn't. Even though she was lying, bitches. So she adopted the instruction of um, Emile and other people to further her career. She adopted this idea of being this Hindu princess um, to basically just push her image further and to pair with the kind of dance that she was doing. So it was based in her... It was based in her love for the Javanese culture and how much she loved it studying it, but she made up this entire backstory to sell herself. Mata was pictured loads over this period, mostly naked or at least partly nude. Some of these images found their way back to Captain McLeod's hands, which only strengthened his case for keeping their daughter. Right. Um, Because he was like, look, she's taking her clothes off, therefore she's just an unfit mother, that's the way it is. What, What do you not understand? I mean, and that defence is still used to this day. Right. Like, they can use shit like that in, like, divorce proceedings. So nice to know, fuck all's changed. Yeah. Mata paved the way for this new style of performing, which embraced sexuality, and she would often strip down to just a breastplate and headwear. And if you see a lot of photos of her, that's normally the way she's dressed. Um, Fun fact, she was very insecure about the fact that she, in her opinion, had small breasts, and that's why she would wear a breastplate and but have full coochie out yeah i was gonna say wait full cooch out breastplate on that's a different one for me it's like getting naked and wearing a helmet like she's wearing headgear a breastplate and then coochie yeah it's like i mean they get what they're wanting to see i suppose so it's all good yeah. listen if she doesn't want to get those boobs out you don't do it ma you do what you want yeah she did not consent to that she consented to the cooch being out not the boobs <laughs> she said and we need to accept no pooches Okay, I'll love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, Her act elevated provocative dance to a more respectable level of entertainment. So she took basically stripping and... Well, I'm not going to say... It's like stripping and also like dance and um, performative dancing took it to mainstream entertainment at that time. She was responsible for a lot of that, especially in Paris. Since most Europeans were doot doot magoos and unfamiliar with the Dutch East Indies, Mata's claims of being from there and being Javanese and a Hindu princess were entirely gobbled up. One French journalist quote saying, so feline, extremely extremely feminine, majestically tragic, the thousand curves and movement of her body trembling in a thousand rhythms. Another journalist was quoted saying, grace of a wild animal makes a strange foreign impression. So, like, you can see the way that people are viewing her is this, like, although it's like, this is the, like, the back and forth and the, the, the thing that's pulling you two different ways, is although she is a martyr for embracing your own sexuality as a woman, like, the way people are viewing her is this exotic commodity and, like, completely objectifying her because of her ethnicity. Or her, not her ethnicity, really. Well, their ethnicity that they think she is. Yeah. By 1910, a myriad of imitators arose. Uh, Mata's career went into decline after 1912, as she and her style was completely tarnished by those trying to emulate the same dance to make that same success, basically. She was getting older, and younger women were coming onto the scene and basically just trying to replace her. She was critiqued by those around Europe as 
a dancer who didn't know how to dance when she yeah. got older. It's like, this that's girl, rude. that's so mean. In March 1915, Mata performed in what would be the last show of her career, and that's where we lead into the very mysterious and suspicious part, the latter end of Mata's life, where she decided to be a crazy bitch. <gasps> yes. I know what you're referring to, actually. So as World War I was looming, Mata didn't give a shit and she travelled across countries with no problem at all because of her Netherland descent being a neutral country. Okay. So she was, like, hip-hopping all over Europe, not giving two fucks. Oh, so now she got, she's like, okay, I'll say so I'm from now the Netherlands. I'm from the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah. yeah, now that I can use that to my advantage, I'll say I'm from the Netherlands. Yeah. She got herself sexually involved with high-profile men including politicians, as her bookings were dwindling and she needed money. So she returned back to prostitution and was meeting high-profile men who were wanting a bit of that Mata Hari. Mm -hmm. As she country-hopped around Europe, Mata's travels caught the attention of the British and French intelligence who put her under surveillance. At this point, Mata was nearing 40 when she met 21-year-old Russian captain Vladimir de Malslov, um, she met him in 1916, but during their courtship, Vladimir was sent to the front line where he was left blind in one eye from an injury. Oof. So Mata was completely determined to earn money to be able to support them both. With her dancing days well behind her, Mata accepted a lucrative assignment to spy for France in some little espionage. Yes. The captain assumed Mata's romantic connections could help them for French intelligence towards the war. She was on board, however, she never even got that far because she met a German attaché and began throwing him bits of gossip in return for valuable info. However, French intelligence caught word through surveillance that claimed Mata was in fact a German spy. It is believed that German intelligence basically intercepted um, and found out that she was working for the French and therefore purposely set her up knowing that the French would intercept these messages and punish her. Oh, wait, so they made it look like she was a German spy? So basically, the Germans... This is all proposed, obviously, alleged. But it is thought that the Germans basically found out from surveillance that she was working for the French. Mm -hmm. So knowing that the French would be tapping their shit... Mm -hmm. They basically alluded to the fact that she was a double agent working for Germany. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. So they, they made it seem like she was a German spy. Yes. Either way, French authorities arrested Matahari for espionage in Paris on February 13th, 1917. They, th <laughs> they threw in a rat-infested cell. I loved that bit oh, when I read that. Oh, my God. They threw in a rat-infested cell where she was only Fell. allowed to see her lawyer, who happened to be a former lover. Girl. Of course. She's... She's been out all the time. I've got to respect her. I've got to respect her. During lengthy interrogations by a military prosecutor, the embellished and fabricated life of Matahari started to unfold and disintegrate, and this only cursed her in her prosecution. Okay. Eventually, Mata revealed a big secret that she had once been offered 20,000 francs by a German diplomat to gather intelligence from her frequent trips to Paris. However, she swore she was never followed it through and she was always stayed faithful to France. But the French said, I don't fucking care. Mata's trial fell at a time where the Allies were failing to beat back German advances. And whether it was based in truth or not, spies were extremely convenient scapegoats to military failures for France at that time. Well, for, I think, every country. Um, espionage was basically brought in in World War I. It was used very heavily for the first time. And when things started to go tits up... 
uh, spy that had turned their back on their country was an amazing alibi. Right. So when Mata Hari admitted that this German officer had paid her for sexual favours, prosecutors just decided to depict this as espionage money. A woman once celebrated for her sexuality and wild nature was now being prosecuted for that very character when convenient. Uh, how about men? How about that's just how, literally, what is it people say? Men jack off with one hand and point blame with another. I love that. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's literally, what, like, I shared that, it wasn't a meme, it was like a little cartoon on my Instagram the other day, and it was like, this is what you sound like when you're talking about sex workers, and it's like a guy, and he's like, God, I just love cake. And then the guy comes up and he's like, oh, well, I'm a baker, I make cakes. And he's like, fuck you, you're scum. Like, that's what yes, you're yes. like when you say that. But it's like, and Busty Milfs 2020. Well, let's just act like that wasn't on your search history last night. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Because it was on mine's. It was on yours. I didn't want to bring it up, it. but I tapped your search history and that's what I saw, like, five times yeah. last night. Five times. Kept forgetting that I'd searched it before. <laughs> You were on that page already and you kept searching it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I'd that's be like, what, oh, wait, let me go on Facebook what, for a minute. That's what I'm concerned about. I was like, what is she doing? She was on the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I just forgot. I had, okay. like, 18 tabs open. Well, fair enough. Thank you. So the military tribunal deliberated for less than 45 minutes before returning with a guilty verdict. Uh, Mata exclaimed in response to the ver- verdict saying, it's impossible, it's impossible. Mata Hari was executed by firing squad on October 15th in 1917. And this okay. bitch, wait till you hear this shit. Dressed in a blue coat, accented by a little tri-corner hat, she oh, had arrived... Oh, right. A tri-corner hat. I just realised what that meant. Oh, as if that's a normal phrase that everyone uses in 2020. I'm I sorry, it was just extremely violent, the way you screamed at me there. figure it out. Oh my God. So she arrived at the Paris execution site with a minister and two nuns and after bidding of them course. farewell she walked briskly to the designated spot. She then turned her face to the firing squad, waved away the blindfold she was offered and blew the soldiers a kiss. Fucking hell. What an icon. Right? A hole till the very end. Right. Just like me. She was killed instantaneously Oof. as the shots were fired and they combusted into one. That's what it was put. I know. Mata Hari's legend continues as the exotic temptress who worked men in her favour all through her life. Um, And I wanted to end with this and her kind of cultural significance of, like, this idea of Orientalism um, is the biggest thing that I took away from this. And, like, I'm just thinking about this, right? See, when I was a kid, I remember going to, like... I don't... You must have done this as well. I remember going to, like, shows, you know, like, rides and stuff, and, like, you know, they'd either come in your town or you maybe go to the next town over or whatever. But in Lithgow, they came, and like, shows would come every year. And I remember specifically there was one... It must have been, like, a fun house or some shit. And it had, like, women, and they would be in the little, like... Yeah. yeah, like, yeah. and they'd be like that, and there would be like snakes and tigers, and the women would be like that, and they'd be doing funny little things with their hands. And it was just like the the thing you were meant to take away from that, and the, the feeling you were meant to have from that was like, ooh, mysterious, and like, I don't really know what's going on, and like, this is crazy and exotic, and it's an unknown world, and this kind of thing, right. whatever. Like, and, just a complete bastardization. Oh, yeah, totally. A complete appropriation of that culture to just perpetuate this one message uh, for our consumption. And Mata Hari is 
the exact example of this. There's a video game um, called Matahari, and it's an exact, it's a complete butchering of this woman's life. Um, and it's based around her tale, loosely as fuck. Um, she still represents this exotic, um, sexualized image of even the term Orientalism is disgusting. Like really, yeah, because it's when when it's used for people, it's like yeah, it's like oh, you're that's Oriental, human like what? Yes, exactly. Matahari, feminist icon, motherfucking legend. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not on board with the whole culture stealing. <laughs> yeah, but that wasn't her. Like she said, she was a Hindu princess. Yeah, I get that, but she also was doing it for survival at that point. I know, but that's not okay. <laughs> no, it's not. Come it's on. not. But it's like, I don't think she's the perpetrator here of appropriating cultures. How so? Because it was an image that was portrayed by the Europeans put onto her. But she, at the very least, played into that and was like, yes, I'm a oh, totally. princess. Totally, yeah, 100%. And I am Javanese. Um, please accept. Yeah, so no, like, I get that. Girl, come on. No, I get that. I mean, it's complicated because, like, part of me is like, okay, 1905, or was it even 1905? Like, yeah, like, around that time, say, around that time, to play into your own features, which she very obvious, it's like, you can, she wasn't Javanese, as in, no, she wasn't born in Java and whatever, but she'd been, she'd been ostracised because of her features her whole life. And basically, like, in my, in my opinion, my interpretation of what she's done it's like i'm just playing off my features that i have and yes she shouldn't have she shouldn't have spun this narrative of being from somewhere that she as much as she knows and everyone else knows isn't from because like it said it's like debated whether she was from whether she had asian or middle eastern uh, ancestry at all but to me it's like well she was ostracized for having these features all her life so why not that be the very thing that you make all your success of? Right, and I'm, I mean that would be fine if she were Javanese, is what I'm, is what I think. Like, yeah, like do it and market yourself that way if you actually are. Like she could, she could yeah, market yeah. herself as this like gorgeous dark haired beauty. Totally. And that's it. It was just it was bringing in other cultures that she really has no claim with, is what makes me go. My antenna. No, spring that's up. true. Yeah, it's and not enough go, to. On. It's not enough to just study it for like ten years. No, that's like, not oh, how anything it. works. Like I can't turn around now, and be a geisha just because I love Japanese culture. Like that's not going to happen. She was. Li- she's literally just a weep. That's all it is. Nah, I. I don't think that. I respect her for the no. time. Shame. Okay, I like her. I think she's a icon. I feel sorry for her that she'd been, like, completely um, separate from that discussion. She more than likely had been sexually assaulted, and then she's put on this pedestal for being this sexual goddess, and then the second it's inconvenient, ripped down and then prosecuted and executed for it. Yeah, like... That sucks. Literally every female celebrity that's lauded for their sexuality becomes the demise of them at some point. Feminism. We don't need it anymore. No, we're... um, How are women not equal? Tell me one like, thing. I've not spat a woman since 2008. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, yesterday. But still, I haven't done it today. Shit. You know, I did it in Sainsbury's today. Yeah. But to be fair... Oh, she deserved it. Sh- yeah. Like, she I don't know. To be fair, anything. she was wearing a short skirt. Yeah. So. Mm, you ever I'm heard of that? I'm going to spit on you. Tell me exactly. About. Okay. Well, that was the story of Matahari. What did you think? What wild and wacky life. It is a wild and wacky life. It's crazy. Like, she's... 
the photos of her, like I said, they'll be on our social media accounts now if you want to look on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Like, Homegirl did it all. Like, that's just... She had the wildest life. Um, But yeah, it's such a cool story. And thank you to the person that suggested it because it's a great great tale. And Um, thank you to... (laughs) I don't know. I just want to give a little shout out to one of our fans, uh, Mishka. Homegirl has been... uh, blowing us up on social media we see you we see you as a fan of we the show. appreciate you we fucking appreciate you you're class so much. keep it going yeah thank you so much for listening to everyone but especially Mishka, especially her as always if you want to see more content from us uh get up to date with what's going on when we're recording and also like the person who suggested this get involved in what we might talk about please yes. follow us on our social media accounts on facebook and instagram it's at dead talk podcast and on Twitter, what is it, Alex? Dead Talk Podcast. It's Dead Talk Podcast. So it's Dead Talk Podcast without the Owen podcast. Everyone's yep. favourite handle. Well, thank you so much for watching. Sorry, watching, listening. Nobody's been watching. Merci. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Lucy Webb. I've been Alex Carr. And goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>